Hello, everyone. This is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We are here in Season 3, Episode 9. We're getting close to the end of Season 3. I'm very excited about this season so far and the feedback that I've got from you listeners. I appreciate the feedback. Episode 9, we're going to be covering overcoming objections. I've had a lot of requests on this topic, and I'm glad I get to help you guys out and do an episode on this. So overcoming objections. Before we get into that, I would like to tell you an experience I had last week. A GM from a Nissan store reached out to me and hired Porter Pro, Kyle Galaz, to come out to his Nissan store and do a live training, an, a, a day event for his sales staff, and it was outstanding. And, and while I was doing this training with all their salespeople and managers and their BDC person, it was a euphoric moment because I realized in this moment, I'm this is what I'm meant for. I'm meant to go from store to store and help elevate these these dealerships to the next level and put them on their path to becoming a sales titan. And this podcast has helped me do this. And your guys' support and listening and spreading the word has helped me do it also. So I appreciate your guys' support. There's going to be a, a link to the video I had, kind of a seven-minute clip of, of kind of my experience there at the Nissan store. I had someone film me follow me around and document kind of what I did and you guys can watch it. It's in the the description here, YouTube link. If you guys want to hire Porter Pro, if you if your GM or owner, if you can get this information to them, if they want to hire Porter Pro to come out, I'll come out anywhere in the US. Um, have them reach out to me, GM or owner, and we can talk business. I'll come out there and do a training session for you guys and get you on your way. Your whole staff to become sales titans and make over 100000 a year and be successful and have a bright future and become leaders in your own in your own uh, dealership. Become the future of your dealership and set records that you're, that can never be broken. So if you have interest in that, have, have your top dogs message me. All right, let's get into the meat of the subject, overcoming objections. When I was in sales, it always puzzled me why a customer would come in and say, yeah, I'm looking for a red half ton, 50,000 miles, four-wheel drive crew cab. And I would find them that vehicle. And then all of a sudden, they had all these objections of why they're not buying it. And so in my mind, I would think, well, why did you come in? What was the point of coming in here telling me what you want? Now I have it. And now you are giving me every reason to, to not buy it. It would be like me going to the Apple store and saying, hey, do you guys have an iPhone 14 Pro Max in stock? Yeah, we have it. Well, and giving them five or six reasons why I'm not buying it. Well, why did I go into the Apple store? So I always wondered that as a salesperson of what's going on here. And I had to start reading between the lines and figuring out why a customer throws out these objections to not buy the car when the whole reason to come in was to buy a car. And what I've come to the conclusion is, is they're fearful of buying a car. They don't want to get ripped off. They want to find somebody that can take them through the process because we're the professional, not them. They just need help. And when you hear these objections, you have to look at them as not a a brick wall that you can't pass. They're just a temporary thing that you got to kind of break down. Okay, so when you hear objections, just know, okay, I got it. You don't want to buy a truck today because all these different reasons and you let it go in one, one ear and out the other. Okay, until the objection stops you from moving forward, then you got to overcome it. But if they're just hearsay objections, let it go. Just keep on with your process, taking them through the process. Okay, and then you have to determine which which objection they're throwing you is real versus fake, because there are fake objections that the customers say. 
to not buy the car, to leave. But what is the real objection that if you flushed that out and overcame it, you'd probably sell them a car that day? So let's do an example before I get into to more of this episode of, of what is a fake objection versus a real objection? How do you flush it out? How do you tell from a customer which is a real objection versus a fake? And I'm going to give you an example that we all run into that the wife isn't there. Okay, this is just an example, but this is how you can tell if it's a fake or a real objection. So, okay, so you get through the process and all of a sudden the customer throws this out. Well, I, I got to show my wife, you know, she's not here and she's part of the buying process. I, you know, I got to make sure she she's part of this. Okay, not a problem. This is how you find out if it's a fake or real objection. If you say something like this, hey, not a problem. Part of our process and one of the services that we offer at our dealership is let's take the vehicle to your wife. Let's go on a test drive. Let me point out all the features while we're driving to where your wife is at. Okay, pause. Now, if the customer says, oh, I didn't even know that's a thing. We can do that. We can go take it and show her. She's at the house. Yeah, not a problem. Okay, let's do that. If if the customer has that response, like, oh, you, we can do that. Okay, let's go show her. Then that was a real objection. The customer really did need his wife involved. The customer really does need the wife to see it. And maybe the wife's at home with the kids and they couldn't break away. Or maybe the wife has a guest over or family over and they couldn't leave. But if the customer is willing to drive to the house and show the wife with you on a test drive, then that's a real objection that needed to be overcome and you found it. Now, if the customer says the same, if, if that same customer that you say, well, let's go take and show your wife, that's part of our service, it's something I could do, we go take it to your wife and show her. And he says, oh, no, I, I don't want to bug her. She's at work or she's at the house. I don't want to bug her. Okay, if she's at work, does she work for at Area 51 or that you can't go there? I mean, everyone at their workplace can come outside for five minutes or look at, you know, something. Or, or how about we FaceTime her? If we can't bug her, oh, no, I don't want to FaceTime. I don't want to bug her. Really? You're you're out shopping for a $50,000 vehicle and you can't just FaceTime her and show her? You know she has her phone. You have your phone. We can't go show her because you don't want to bug her. That's a fake objection. A person that brings up how important his wife is in the buying process that all of a sudden can't FaceTime her, can't visit her, can't show her at work. Come on, there's something. That's not the root objection. That is a fake objection that you need to really find the root objection. Is it the vehicle? Is it the price? Is it What is it about that? that's not your wife having to be here that's the real objection? Those are called the root objections, the real objections that you have to overcome. But you can't find the real objection if you just take the answer of oh no I don't want to bug her at work if you say okay that's fair when can you come back then you've accepted his fake objection okay if you if he can't FaceTime her and you say okay no problem when can you guys come back oh we can come back this weekend count on never seeing the guy again because you didn't find the real objection anyone that's reasonable that has a real objection would be okay with FaceTiming the wife or, or the significant other or going on a test drive or going to the test drive to, to, to the work to show her. That's a real client that has real intentions of buying that's not giving you a fake objection. So you got to look at those things when they answer questions and when you're trying to overcome objections and, and they're saying things that don't quite add up, it's probably the fake objection and it's your job to flush out the real objection. Now, flushing out objections can also be as tough as overcoming objections, right? The only way you can flush out objections is by asking more questions. Well, why can't we go and show it to your wife? Is uh, 
Is she that busy at work? Can you FaceTime her on? You know, I, I just can't bug her. Okay, is there anything else stopping you from moving forward? Well, the price seems high. Oh, there's the real objection, right? You got to ask more questions, even if they sound goofy or, you know, they're, they're awkward. You have to find the real objection if you're detecting a fake objection. So flushing out the objections, like I said, can be just as challenging as overcoming them. But it takes practice. Okay, it takes practice trying every day when a customer says a fake objection or a real objection. Are you just done? Do you stop or do you keep on trying and trying and trying? Because we know statistically if the customer leaves, you're never going to see him again. So while they're here in front of you, you might as well ask every question possible to try to flush out the real objection. And then when you get the real objection, try to overcome it. Objections to me are like hurdles on a track. Okay, if the coach says, hey, go run this quarter mile and there's hurdles in it, you don't just say no. No, I don't want to run the track because there's hurdles. No, you get to the hurdle and if you can't jump it, you wiggle you wiggle your way over it. And you, it's awkward and it hurts and you get scratched and you fall. But at least you get over that hurdle. Oh, great, there's five more in front of me. Okay, well, you just do what you got to do until you can get good at jumping those hurdles on the track. Then when the coach says, hey, go run that quarter mile and there's five hurdles in front of you, no problem, right? Hurdles are objections in a, in a car deal. But when you get to an objection, you don't just stop. You try to figure your way out to get over it, to wiggle over it. Yeah, you get scratched up, you get bruised, your ego gets smashed a little, you, don't, you fumble with your words, but at least you're trying to get over those hurdles, okay? You never give up and you always fight over those objections as best as you can. So... Real versus fake, hurdles on a track are just like objections in a car sale, okay? Now, here's something that's, that is kind of funny to me, and it's very coincidental, but isn't it funny how when a customer loves you so much, you got them laughing, you guys are having fun, you guys had a great test drive, they love the vehicle, they love you, they love the dealership, they trust you, all of a sudden there's less objections? Is that just a coincidence? Or is there something magical happening there? Why is it that the more a customer loves you, the funner you have, the better rapport, they have less objections? Why? Think about it. So here's what I want you to practice when you're on, a, on the lot with your customer. Don't get to the point where objections can come up until you have had them fall in love with you. Fall in love with the dealership. Trust you. Build all that rapport. Because guess what? Those little objections like, oh, I need to talk to my wife or, uh, you know, the stuff they make up, they won't even bring it up anymore because you've earned their trust and they like you. They may even love you. They may be inviting you over for a barbecue. But think about that. Isn't it funny? The more they love you, the less the objections. Now think about a customer that you've helped that they're absolutely in love with you. They love it. They're having fun. They love the car. They love the process. They trust the dealership. And you go to close them and the interest rate's too high and the payment's too high. Well, of course it's too high. It's never too low. It's always too high. But they liked you so much that they look at each other. The couple looks at you across the way and they're like, yeah, what do you think, honey? Yeah, it's a nice truck. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll take it. Right? It was more payment than they wanted. It was higher interest rate than they wanted. And they, they got less for their trade. But because they liked you, they tucked away those objections because they want to do business with you. So remember this, if, if, if you take anything away from this podcast, don't get to the desk, don't get to the part where they can throw up objections until you have them eaten out of the palm of your hand, okay? Because isn't it coincidental that the more they love you, the less objections they have?
Think about that next time you're with your customer. I got to get this guy to really, really like me, this family that's in front of me, to really like me before I get to the numbers. Okay? Now, let's talk about actual objections. We talked about the, I got to go talk to my wife or talk to my significant other. Okay, not a problem. Why don't we go show them the vehicle and take them the numbers? Oh, we can do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's part of our service here is we will go out of our way to make sure both people that are just as important to this car deal get to see the vehicle and get to see the numbers. Oh, okay. That sounds great. All right. You got to find creative ways to get over the, I got to go talk to my significant other. Okay. Let's call them. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let me give you some uh, a few minutes by yourself, not me in front of you, and you can really talk to them. And you know what? If we need to get on FaceTime or send pictures of the or, of the vehicle to them and the numbers, or or we can even drive it to them, let's get them involved because I don't want I don't want your significant other to feel like they're not part of this process. Can we go pick them up? And you give them every reason why you can do the car deal even with the significant other not there. And by doing that, you're either going to overcome that objection or find more objections, okay? Now, this is one that's been coming up a lot recently is the interest rates. They're too high, okay? Well, they're too high for everybody, whether you have a 500 credit score or 850 credit score. The interest rates have risen. So how do we overcome this objection, right? I had this objection in my Nissan store training. I was in this conference room. And I just said, fire away all your objections, because that was one of the things the GM said is my guys need help with objections. So I said, I'll be the salespeople and you're you guys are all customers. Fire away and let's see what I can do. How can I overcome your objections? The first one they said was interest rates. Okay, interest rates are high right now, Mr. Customer. I agree. Everyone at this dealership agrees. But the interest rates are on a steady incline right now. So if you don't strike now, the rates are only gonna get higher and higher. Now, if we lock in the interest rate today and the interest rates go up in two days, you got the lower rate, right? Now, if the rates drop, which you're hoping, which we're all hoping, take your, your current loan that you feel is too high of a rate and go refinance it. The moment they drop, boom, go refinance that vehicle. I assure you that if they keep going up, no one's going to refinance at a higher rate. They're only going to refinance at a lower rate. So when they go lower with your good credit, go refinance it immediately otherwise let's say you want to wait well I'm gonna wait till interest rates come out or come down what if they don't ever come down what if they go up another five points and now you're in desperate need for this vehicle don't get yourself in that trick bag strike now lock it in and the refinance when they drop when you expect them to drop okay the best part about that also when you go to refinance is you've paid down your balance on your on your the vehicle that you bought today so you're not just you're not just refinancing at a lower rate, you're refinancing at a lower rate and a lower balance. So your payment's gonna drop because of the lower rate quite a bit, but it's gonna even drop more because now your balance is less. So if you refinance it in six months, it's like you're buying a truck at even a lower price, right? Prices are also going up, okay? So that's kind of something you can work with in interest rates. Uh, if a customer feels like they deserve a better interest rate, like, man, I'm a 790 score and it's I'm getting 599, you need to agree with them. Don't try to be a sales pitch and, oh, this is why, you know, and go through all these sales lingos to try to justify the 599. Agree with the guy. Your, your credit score deserves a lower rate. 
unfortunately, all the banks have gone up in interest rates. So you're not the only one battling it. People are battling it with 900 credit scores. People are battling it with 500 credit scores. But the fact of the matter is you got to lock it in now and deal with it later to, to lower it. At least you get the vehicle and the interest rate you want. But let's look at the payment because people will will battle me on interest rate, which I don't have control of, the banks do. And then I come out with their with their payment and they're like, oh, at the higher rate, it's only this payment? All right, let's sign it up. I'll deal with the refinance later. Let me at least show you the payment. Okay, so are there more closes? Absolutely. I have a whole season, season two on different closes for different scenarios. Every scenario is different, but you need to read the scenario and be good at reading your customer and see what makes them tick and use uh, your unique character to say certain things. But the interest rate being too high, agree with them. Don't try to combat them. Agree with them. You're right. I buy vehicles too right now and it's and the rates are high. But this is what all the banks are doing right now. They've, they've had to be raised. The rates. Okay. What about price? Price is too high. Well, this is where questions come in into uh, into play. Because if you just try to justify your price, the customer is not going to hear any of it. Well, you know, the market and this and that, it's going to go right in one ear and out the other. So you need to get them involved in why they feel the price is too high. And you do that by asking questions. The price is too high. Well, compared to what? And, and kind of put them on their heels of where did they get this information that the price is too high? Are they making it up? Did they see a comparable truck at a cheaper price? And if so, can you go ahead and pull it up and tell me the dealership? So, so I can make sure because I don't want you to buy a truck for me and you feel like the price is too high, Mr. Customer. I want to make sure I'm getting you the best deal possible. And if you feel the price is too high, you don't have to look at this truck. We can go find something else. Or we can figure out why you feel our price is too high. Is it because we're comparing it, you're comparing it to something else? Is it because you think the payment might be too high? Why do you think our price is too high and what are you basing it off of? And when you ask the customer questions, they have to justify why they think your price is too high. And guess what? They probably don't have a, an answer to you. So when they say your price is too high, you need to ask them a lot of questions of why do you feel that way? What are you basing it off of? And have you seen something comparable that makes you think that? And you put the customer on their heels to answer to you. Well, I, I just feel like they're too high. Then you can agree with them. You're right. I feel like that too. But if you haven't shopped in a while, then then uh, I'm going to update you on how the market is. Everything right now is a little crazy. If you look at the gas prices, you look at milk, you look at, at you know wood for houses. All these things have gone up in price. Well, so has vehicles. And it is kind of a sticker shock if you come from not buying a car for the last three years to, to right now. So I agree with you, price is too high. But let me do my job and find you the right vehicle. And then we'll break it down into payments and then see what you think. You don't have to buy the car, but at least let me justify why I have the price where it's at. And then you go back to building value. You can agree with them that the price is too high, but then you tell them, let me at least justify why the price is where it's at, and then you can decide if you want to buy it. And then you go into having them, you go into just a great walk around, great demonstration drive, and you justify why the price is where it's at. If the price is $50,000 and you do a $40,000 worth, $40,000 worth of value building and walk around and, and, and uh, 
test drive quality, right? You've only built $40,000 worth of value and the price is 50. Yeah, the price is too high because you haven't justified why your price is 50,000, okay? No matter what the customer has in information, whether it's wrong or right, you still have to build value to surpass the price. Remember that when they say the price is too high, acknowledge it, you can even agree with them and then tell them, let me at least show you why our price is where it's at and, and, and show you the value in our vehicle and if you want to move forward, you can. And if you don't, you don't have to. Well, that lowers the guard of the customer when you say stuff like that. When you say it convincingly and genuine, then they're going to hear you out. Okay, fair enough. Let's take a look at this truck. And then once you build value and you build a friend and they love you, okay, now the price isn't so high anymore because you've built value in that vehicle to surpass the price. If they're looking at a $50,000 truck and they want to spend around fifty, and yours is fifty two, and they say the price is too high, and they say we want to be around 50. Do you really think $2,000 is going to break these people? No. What you need to do is justify why it's 52 and not their $50,000 budget. You need to do your salesmanship and get out there and get your hands dirty and be a salesman again and really show them why it's 52. Okay, I know you don't like that it's 52 or 53,000, but let me at least do my very best as a salesperson to show you why it's 52,000. And if you still don't think it's worth it, you don't have to buy it. Well, guess what? When you take them through that whole process and they see the value and they've spent time with you now, they're going to be okay with spending 52,000. If you say stuff like, "Well, let's go work the deal and see if my manager can make it 50." Uh, you, your manager is going to make it 50 to make the deal, but guess what? Your customer's still going to leave because they still don't see the value in it. Okay? Now, what about this one? You guys deal with this in the new car business a lot. Oh, it's lower price at another dealership. Well, when I worked at the Ford store in Bakersfield, they could drive an hour and a half to LA and save $5,000. $5,000. Every time a customer came in, it was $5,000 less in Los Angeles, in LA. Well, that doesn't make sense. Because there's only $3,000 of profit. So you're telling me the LA dealership that is gigantic, that has a massive inventory, is losing $2,000 per car? Mm, no, no. It's called marketing. And, and customers get tricked into marketing. So what I had to do is place doubt. When a, when a dealership has a lower price at, at the other dealership by all this money, I had to place doubt in my customer's mind. Oh man, LA does that all of it all the time. They don't have any kind of rules or regulations of making a customer drive an hour and a half to get down there, and then they say, "Oh, you, you thought it was a crew cab? No, this is a regular cab. That's why it's five thousand dollars less." Okay, you got to look at the fine print of these of these dealership that promise the world. Now, I here's the kicker to this: they're advertising five thousand dollars less than ours because you're so far, right? People in their local area, they're not advertising $5,000 less. They're just trying to get you over there. And then they give you the whole song and dance of, oh, well, that's a different truck. Oh, you got to remember that's two-wheel, not four-wheel. Well, we didn't advertise that because that wasn't part of the rules that Ford said. Or, you know, there's all these little things that they can say when you get down there, Mr. Customer. So the first thing I did when I had that, that customer say, oh, it's cheaper somewhere else, is I first planted a little seed of doubt. They want you to drive all that way. Then you realize it's not the right vehicle that you wanted, and then you end up spending the same or more than you do at our dealership. Now, if that tactic doesn't work, you got to read your customer. If that tactic doesn't work, that the lower price at the other dealership, then you say, okay, perfect. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to buy a car from me at a higher price when you could drive you know, 90 miles south or north and get the same thing 
at a lower price. That is not why I became into sales is to give the worst deals. So let's do this. Let's pull up that vehicle. Let me go show my manager what I'm dealing with and figure out is this something that is a base model and you want something that's a little bit nicer. Let's figure out if we're comparing apples to apples because I don't want you to, to leave our dealership, buy somewhere else when I could have gave you the deal here. So let's look at that car. Well, guess what? All of a sudden that car doesn't exist. Oh, well, where is it? Where'd you see it? Oh, I can't remember the dealership's name. Really? You couldn't remember the dealership's name? Okay, so you're going to either run into the fake objection. Oh, it's lower price somewhere else. Okay, perfect. Where is that at? So I can pull it up, show my manager, and let's get you the right deal because I don't want you to have to drive somewhere else to buy a car somewhere else when I could get you the deal here. You're going to find out real fast if it's a fake objection when they say, well, I can't remember where I looked. That's the fake objection. The real objection, the guy would say, oh, yeah, it's this website. Here's the dealership down in L.A., and they have this exact model for cheaper. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, you're right. Okay, that's a real objection. It was cheaper somewhere else. Let's go inside and work the deal. Okay, so so you got to still kind of wade through the waters of if it's a fake objection or a real objection, even with the it's lower at another dealership. Okay, pull it up. Let's see it. Okay, here's here's some of the ones that are a little bit easier. Hey, it's the wrong color. It's the wrong trim, etc. right? There's always going to be the it's not the right vehicle or it's not the right color. And then you do the old school, other than the color, is there anything else stopping you from moving forward in this vehicle? Ah, it's just not the right color. Okay, not a problem. But other than that, no, everything else seems good. Okay, and you just keep going forward, especially if that's the only vehicle you have that meets this criteria other than the color. Now, if you have the right color, move on to the right color. But if you're struggling in inventory, which a lot of people are doing, and that is the only vehicle that meets this criteria other than the color, then you need to fight for everything you got on that particular vehicle. I wanted something with leather. Okay, other than the leather, because you don't got any more options, you got to overcome these objections. Other than the leather, is there anything stopping you from moving forward with this vehicle? Is that the only thing? Yeah, that's the only thing. Okay, well, let me keep going through my process. Let's take a look at this truck. And if that's the thing that truly stops you at the end, you don't got to buy it. Well, you keep building value, and then all of a sudden the leather's not a big deal. Or the customer says, well, I could always put leather in it down the road. Hey, that's a great idea. I can get you some contact information if you ever decide to put leather in to put leather in. Or maybe you got to work it into the deal to do some cat skin leather, right? But at least you got the deal and overcame the ob ob objection, right? So there's different types of objections that people will have. But what is the real objection? What is the fake objection? What about wanting to wait? Uh, you know, we're just looking. We're just starting fair enough let me show you what what I have in stock and see if there's anything that might that might um, get you to speed up the process and maybe buy today you know not saying I have something like that but I'll always try for my customers to find the exact vehicle they're looking for well yeah we, if we find it we still want to wait not a problem so you go through the process you get them to the desk you get them the numbers you use the information close hey I know you're not buying today you still want to wait but let me at least get you the information of what the price would be the out the door with, uh, with taxes, of course, and let's get you a payment. That way, when you guys go home to think about it, you're thinking about all the right information, and I've done 100% of my job. Well, then you get another opportunity to reclose them on they want to wait. Now you've built a friend. Now you've built rapport. And now it's going to be a little bit harder for them to leave and say no when you present the deal. I understand you guys want to wait, but let me at least get you the rest of this information. And then at the desk, you got another opportunity to close them.
What's the benefit of wanting to wait, Mr. Customer? Now you've built some rapport and you can talk to him like this. Well, we want to get our finances straight. Well, you know, I hear that a lot, but a lot of times what people do is they they repeat what they've been doing this whole time and now they're in the crunch. Now they they're, they need a vehicle because they wanted to wait and now they can't find it and they end up settling for something that didn't they didn't want and they hate that vehicle and then they're upside down in it. Whereas right now, yes, I understand you want to wait, but right now we have the perfect vehicle. I hope I've done enough to earn your business and the the payment's right. I got you the payment. I got you the uh, interest rate. I got you the out the door that you wanted. Why would you wait for a possible uh, bad purchase down the road because now you're in crunch time, okay? All you're trying to do is, is take another swing at that objection. I want to wait. And you keep on trying, just like the hurdle. If the hurdle's in front of you, you don't just stop and say, sorry, coach, I can't do it, right? You try to climb over it until you start getting better and better and better at overcoming objections, okay? It takes practice. It takes uh, it takes discipline to, to, to not take an objection as a no and, and just say, well, okay, well, here's my card. If you, Whenever you guys are ready, you come on in. No, that's not how we do it because when they leave, they're going to go meet me at another dealership and I'm going to sell them that day. The guy that wanted to, to wait, the guy that said that's the wrong color, the guy that wanted a lower price, the, the guy that said the price is too high, the guy that said the interest rate's too high, the guy that said he wanted to talk to the wife, the, he's going to run into a guy like me and I'm going to sell him when he just left your lot. Don't let that happen. Be the sales guy that can overcome objections, be the sales guy that is not scared to ask questions of why do you want to wait? What's the benefit of waiting? You, you want to talk to your wife? Perfect. Let's go show her. I understand the interest rates are too high, but the longer you wait, the higher they seem to be going. But if they drop, boom, you go refinance and now you have a lower balance and you lowered your payment because of the interest rate. You get a double dip there. The price is too high. Well, compared to what? Do, do, are you basing that off something that you can show me? Or you just feel like it's too high because you haven't shopped in a while and prices have gone up. Prices in 1903 for a brand new Ford were $99. Well, now they're $99,000. Prices never go down. So the longer you wait, the prices are only going to get higher. It's sticker shock. It's a real thing, right? The price is lower at another dealership. Well, of course it is, right? Because that's how advertising works. They're not going to advertise the same price they got at every other dealership, but you got to look at the fine print because when you drive that hour and a half down to LA, you're going to find out that it's not the truck they advertise because they don't care about the rules and regulations because they're such a big dealership. They can bend the rules on advertising. Don't waste your time down there. Now, if you have a, the vehicle in front of you and you can show me, I will go to my manager and I'll work every deal because I don't want you to go out of town when I could have earned your business here. Do you see how it's flowing out of my system? I've dealt with these objections over time and I've learned to jump that hurdle, no problem. And now I'm to the point and you're gonna, you're gonna be to the point when a customer says a, 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 an objection, you're gonna jump over it, boom, next. Oh, you, you don't have any more objections? Then let's wrap this deal up. That's where you become a sales titan where objections are nothing but a small little hurdle that you can step over. You don't even have to jump over them anymore because you're that good. Don't take an objection as an infinite wall, okay, that you can't get over. Objections are simply hurdles that you got to learn to jump over. And the more times you're okay with jumping over them and, and, and tripping and getting scratched and looking like a doofus and, and getting your ego smashed, the more you're, more, oh, you're okay with getting hurt, the better you're going to get at, at overcoming objections. Are there an infinite amount of objections? Yes. 
But remember, they all boil down to the roots, the price, the interest rate, the, the significant other. The competitor has a better price. It's the wrong color. We want to wait till we get a down payment or our finances in order. Those are really the roots. The rest is fluff, but you can't get to the roots unless you ask questions. So remember, overcoming objections is one thing, but flushing out objections takes questions. And put your customers on the heels of their feet so they're having to answer to you, and then you'll start getting more uh, objections out there that are real, and then you can overcome them. It's just practice. All right, before you guys leave, don't leave yet. Remember, if your GM or owner or if your dealership needs a sales trainer to come out there, I am a unique person that will fly out or drive out to your dealership and do a one-on-one -on -one training. But you got to have a GM or owner contact me because they're the guys with the checkbooks. They're the guys that will pay. So if you want to uh, uh, support me in that regard, get this information, get this podcast to, to them. Whether they hire me or not, at least you guys are listening to the podcast and at least they'll get to see that, hey, there's someone out there that's really trying to make the car business better. And, and thank you to you guys and your support in doing the one-on-ones with me and sending donations and the feedback and the, the cool stuff I've heard from around the world now. I appreciate it and I thank you. And my goal is to become the number one car sales trainer in the on the planet. Mark my words, I'm coming to see you one of these days. Kyle Galaz, signing out.